Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Mike Fruitman. Special episode. We're going to talk about the year in review of 2020 on this wonderful New Year's Eve. It's wonderful because we're going to be done with 2020 in a little while. For the hobby, that's not so great, but for life in general, it's been a really rough year for a lot of people. And so we don't want to make light of that. But the hobby has benefited in many ways, not in all ways, but in many ways. And we're going to tee that up and discuss that with Mike, who's the owner of Mike's Stadium Sports Cards in Aurora, Colorado. But I have other sponsors besides Mike's, Burbank Sports Cards, Rob Veris, ComC.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, as well as Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. But right now, I'm with my number one sponsor for this episode, <laughs> Mike Fruitman. So Mike, 2020 for the local card shop had to be great in many respects, but not in all respects. What, what's your take on 2020 as you look back? I'm glad you didn't ask me to give it like a specific grade because that would be really difficult. We started this year and we thought the worst thing that was going to happen to us was a helicopter crash and got involving Kobe Bryant, which was terrible in every way possible, especially with his daughter and other people on the, on the helicopter. And even at that point, that was like a what do we do moment. We hadn't had that moment really before. And then uh, clearly when things got crazy, in fact, actually, I'm glad the two of us are doing this because like it all came down when the Nuggets were playing the Mavericks. And I remember Mark Cuban being on the end of the court on his cell phone and, and holy something he may have said. And all these, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. So for card shop owners, there was this giant moment of, okay, how much do I have in the bank? What are my monthly bills? How many months am I, am I going to be able to stick around? And so for the next two weeks after that, we didn't know what to do. Do we buy more? Is, is anybody going to sell anything? And then after that, obviously things took a completely different road and, and really an unexpected road, I would say. I was at that game. And uh, my seats are really very closely behind Mark Cuban. One of the guys I was with is one of my best buddies. He's one of the attorneys for Cuban. And there was a buzz that went through the place. And my buddy that's the attorney somehow inexplicably was in the know. He said, hey, this is the last game for a long time. They're shutting it down. And uh, again, it was March 11th. So I guess I wasn't shocked. But like you, like everybody, I'm thinking, how does this impact not just the world at large, but our small world of card collecting. And so what happened then? Those last two weeks of March, did you have trepidation and you've got your finger on the pulse of, of what's going on in the other LCSs and in the hobby? What, what do you think the mood was in late March? I brought a bunch of my friends together. We have a Facebook group for card shop owners and we didn't really know what to expect. I remember having a Zoom call or a, a Facebook live call. And we were still like trying to figure it all out. My thought was sell. If people are buying, if they'll buy anything, obviously sell right now. And, and clearly, Having anybody who's listening to this will, will never take advice from me ever again. But I was like, God, you guys, if somebody's going to give you money for prison or select basketball, take it. Jeez, drive it to their house, thank them, and, and you wish them God bless. And, and really, that was my sentiment because every other time there's been a work stoppage, we, car shops are significantly affected. It's we go into hibernation effectively. So the difference being, sports got taken away from us. This wasn't millionaires versus billionaires. This is humanity versus a virus. So it's completely different vibe. And people wanted to still sport. So sports cards going live and, and, and doing breaks and personal breaks and we do singles nights, that became sports for people because you could only watch the same. I can watch any movie from the 80s eight times. I don't mind. But people were getting a little bit bored. You know, sports cards became the new sports in terms of an evening activity for so many. Do you realize that you may have started something? Because it's very counterintuitive. But the fact that in late March, a lot of cards were put up for sale based on your advice <laughs> increase the liquidity and the movement and the velocity of sales in the hobby. All of a sudden, and, and throughout 2020, uh, there have been a lot of cards put up for sale. Now, your motivation initially was get what you can, but it got the flow going 
And there was a huge flow and it carried through pretty much all year. The great cards have come out yep. and been put into the float and they've been gobbled up at yep. higher and higher prices. Yeah, yeah. First of all, you're, you're giving me way too credit. I'm a flea on the tail wagging the dog. You're giving me way too much credit. It, it's I still don't believe what's happening. If I was in a coma and you woke me up a year after being in a coma, say last December, and you told me everything that had transpired in the last year, being in Colorado, I would simply ask you know, which strain you had smoked that day because there's no way this should be happening or, or happening at this rate still. Um, I'm still amazed. We're still getting products coming in that are so warmly received. I'm looking at Bowman's Best hitting Wednesday, and I'm looking at the pre-sale prices on a box that's normally 130 150 170 and one of the large online retailers has it at 209 And maybe for all these years, maybe we were underselling sports cards. Maybe the fact that everybody had it and there was such an abundant supply of it and breakers weren't going through it at the rate that they do provided a, a disadvantage for shops who effectively many times were stuck with products. Getting 10 points, 20 points, 30 points on a product, that wasn't something you did very often. And I'm not trying to look at this as an opportunist perspective. When I'm selling something, my prices are, I try to be in line or lower than the online guys. And obviously at some point I have to figure out my restock. But the, what's happened this year is that the best thing I can say about this year is I don't know of a single card shop that's gotten out of business. And many right now are stronger. I think we, we've adapted to survive, like seemingly. eBay was going to kill us, card shows were going to kill us and all these other things. And in the midst of you know one of the most horrible things that's ever happened to the world, people have, have turned to sports cards for solace and fun. And it's great to be that person. My son no longer has to carry the stain of his father only owning a card shop. He can actually talk to his friends. He's accepted somewhat in society now. A couple of things. One, Mike, I am going to give you the credit. Basically, it's not just fun. It's been really profitable. And in 2020, when you look at uh, what happened in late March, this opening the floodgates, stuff coming out, we've seen not just higher prices this year, but better quality of material in the auctions, on eBay, right. in every venue. There have been primo cards that otherwise would have been put away, not brought out. And now there's a completely different philosophy of a lot of people thinking, hey, I'm going to cash out because there's big money in these cards. So my, my follow-up question to you is that there's so many podcasts that have come out this year. And, and they're excellent for the most part. And a lot of them are talking about what you should buy. And basically, a lot of the advice is you should buy this because look how much it's gone up. In reality, I think the better advice is, Let's buy something that hasn't gone up yet. But what is that? What hasn't gone up this year that would be still desirable? I don't know what's left anymore. I've somehow been able to restock my shelves. I don't know who that next prospect is. I would say simply go through anybody's box and buy any Prism basketball rookie from anybody in the second round. Any, anything they'll let you buy at a dollar or a quarter or something like that. And just wait until maybe they play for Sacramento and maybe they had a, a, a game winner in a preseason game that nobody cares about. But suddenly the spike in, in, I believe it's guys' cards, are just, it's incredible. I've sold cards of a player who I didn't even know existed until a week ago. In terms of what's there and what hasn't been tapped, I don't know. I don't think it's basketball. Because basketball has just had such an amazing 2020. What's the next sport? I've seen a little bit interest in hockey. I've seen yes. interest in football because people are looking for what's the next thing. But in 2020, as we finish up 2020, what do you see? Because basketball has made a huge move. So what's next? Or, or what do you see emerging in this last quarter of 2020? I go back to a few months ago where I had a collector who had never bought a hockey box who asked me, what hockey should I buy? And I'm like, okay, why are you buying hockey? And he goes, it's the only thing that's still affordable. So he, he wanted his, and I hate to use drug analogies, he wanted his fix, but he didn't want to spend $300 on a box or $500 on a box. And for a lot of people, I think it actually is hockey. Um, we're, we happen to be in Colorado where we have a team that's on the uptick and we have the Calder Award uh, trophy winner from last year with Kale McCarr. So hockey for us last year is spectacular. And one of the nice things about it is that it, I was still able to restock it at prices that didn't mandate that I change my prices significantly. So maybe it is hockey. 
I'm seeing more interested in hockey. I'm leery. I don't want to be the crotchety old guy, but it's a voice of reason. Collectors should pause anytime they're buying a product that's more than 100% over or 200% over the suggested SRP. You're a reputable LCS. You get these uh, boxes and cases from the dealer and you want to put them through. But when they just take off, then collectors should be nervous about buying cards that have a huge markup over already the pretty expensive uh, SRP for these premium brands. Uh, Jim, I'm with you. I want, there's one product I follow more closely and I use it as the indicator for seemingly all that's out there. And it's 1920 Prism Basketball. On the day things went south, I think the buys were $16,000 or $15,000. No, excuse me. It was ten. Sorry. Okay, I'll get this right. Uh, it was ten thousand dollars on the buy, and I promised a buddy of mine when it got to twenty-seven thousand, we would each sell a case. So I did. He backed out of it, and we sold it right about when Zion and Ja got eliminated from the playoffs. And then we saw a dip, and it went down to twenty-three thousand dollars. I checked that product seemingly every day, and I don't know what's happened in the last two and a half months. I don't remember Zion scoring a lot of points in the last two and a half months or Ja throwing a lot of assists. But now that's a thirty-seven thousand dollar case. So in the absence of basketball, that product has gone from 23 to 37 in the last two and a half months or so. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know when that product is done or when the run is off on that. Um, obviously, it makes it difficult. Not everybody can get into a case at $37,000. And in fact, find one for 37. That's the buy price on dealing that. I don't know when that product is done. And the carry-up effect, you've seen Select go up to about a twenty dollars to $25,000 case at wholesale. And there's bringing so many other products up with it. And, and I tend to focus on basketball because that's a glamour deal right now. It's the uh, it's a $700 million power lottery that people start paying attention to. We're seeing the same. When Joe Burrow got hurt, I was like, oh, geez, I just placed a giant order for football. Didn't slow down. And I posted single cards last night. We do a singles night broadcast where we sell off singles. And every Burrow I posted last night sold. And I'm thinking, he got hurt. Okay, just making sure. I didn't misremember things, but like I, he got hurt. And yes, it impacts what they sell for, but not the speed at which they sell. So I don't know what it takes. The usual things that used to kill a player or interest in sports is not the usual anymore. The whole problem here is that when you have these really ultra expensive, way above SRP boxes, it, it, it does impact people who want to buy the, the box or the case or the huge quantity. But for the breakers, when you divide by 30 or whatever, it's twice as expensive as it was, but it's still within a lot of people's budget. My concern is, and you have to deal with this when you have you know, real customers. Actually, you don't have customers. You have friends. <laughs> but if you did have customers, you have people that give you money. And the disappointment quotient is very scary to me that the higher the price of the box or case above the SRP, the more likely it is that someone is going to be disappointed. Now, again, there's going to be somebody who's going to be a big winner in there. But I don't want to have nine out of 10 people really disappointed. But how do you deal with that in 2020? Because 2021 could be more of the same. We used to deal with that. We offer skunk protection when we do breaks. So somebody's going to get something that didn't have something before them. I don't hear the same disappointment that I used to hear from my collectors. And, and maybe we also have a new batch of collectors who, who just don't know the way it used to be. The amount of people who join our email list and follow us on social media, there's a lot of people joining. So I think to some extent, we may distance ourselves from some of our previous collectors, and I miss the heck out of those guys. But we also have a group of people who have never known the disappointment of opening a box, and, and they still are happy with those times that they win. Well, I mean, it's the, when you go to Las Vegas, people aren't always honest when they come back about whether they won or they lost. Because I swear, if people go to Vegas, they never claim they lost. They either broke even or they made something. And I, I think it's selective in the way they're interpreting that. But with card collecting, it, 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 the numbers don't lie. If you open up and, and the world can see that your portion of the break was right. not equal to what you put in. And you have a hard time telling people, you got to say, I'll get them next time. 
there's certainly that. I, I, I want to go a little different way. I want to answer your question a little bit differently. One, of the, I had a great day. It's the Monday before um, Christmas. This is the week I literally wait for. This is my Super Bowl week effectively every year because everybody waits till the last minute. So I'm going to leave here today. We had a very busy day and you know, 98% of the people we were able to satisfy. We had a father come in and he wanted to buy some basketball packs. And I cringed because I know how this is going to go. And I've got 15 or 16, 16, uh, 16, 17 Excalibur on my shelf at $14. I've got Mosaic um, Cellos at 49. And I think I've got like, two other options, but $14 was, oh, and I had a pack of 17, 18 hoops, which is $10 a pack. So he goes, okay, so where are the $3 ones? I'm like, they're gone. Where are the $5 ones? They're gone. Where are the $8 ones? And I can tell he really didn't want to spend $8. I'm like, those are gone too. And, you know, I was, you know, Larry Bird's not walking through that door anytime soon. Unfortunately, that gentleman who left my store today, who isn't going to be buying basketball cards for his son. And I had no other options. There's no holdback. There's nothing that I hope we haven't lost that father is somebody who wants to see their son collect. I hope we haven't seen a son who doesn't get cards and is going to get something else and, and get into that. So that's my concern. And, and, and I know we're going to be talking about 2021. And one of my hopes for 2021 is the return to somewhat of normalcy. But that's my memory of today. It's not the, the 98% success ratio. It's the 2% fail. And there was nothing I had. I put out 92, 93 Fleer Ultra when I had it at $4 a pack and it's gone. And, and there's nothing else I have. Um, so many of the products are single pack boxes and there's just nothing I had for that gentleman. And, and that's my day. That's my walk away. Okay. I'm going to turn that into a positive note to end on. And that is that today is New Year's Eve. And I believe that guy is going to be back in the new year because the difference in eight bucks and 14 bucks or whatever, it, the, the amount of positive publicity that the hobby's getting that are encouraging people to recalibrate the costs, the benefits, the risk and reward is uh, being in a lot of mainstream uh, media. And I believe your customer is going to be back. And I hope that 2021 is as great a year in that respect as 2020. So thanks, Mike Friedman. Thanks, listeners. Be back again tomorrow and be back again next year. See you soon. Is doing dollar.